Welcome back to Gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp. Today with me is Armand Kroon. A little bit about Armand. He is the CEO and founder of Kroon Financial and the Financial Effect blog. But today we're going to go a little bit deeper in his personal background and discuss the topic money and marriage today also known as M&M, and not the sweet kind that you eat, because we don't have any of those to give to you right now. If we did, I will be eating some in a bag right next to me. But let's go on into M&M and welcome Armand Kroom. Welcome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Glad to be back. So let's unpack M&M, money and marriage. And do the two really go together? And how do we really create the synergies around money and managing money effectively while maintaining a healthy marriage? Because, you know, sometimes money can drive a wedge in between marriages. Absolutely. Especially when you don't have any money. (laughs) Which, as... A starting financial advisor, that's typically the case, right? You start off with no money. It's a little unknown secret. We like to wear like expensive suits and look like we have money when we start off. Uh, But it's a fraud. It's not the case. You're broke. And I just happened to be broke uh, trying to get married and be married to a beautiful young Black woman and trying to figure out money with her. And one of the things that I've realized is especially, you know, this, this thing happens. I know everyone who married knows this. You start hanging out with couples, uh, right? Like everyone's like, hey, you got any single friends? I don't have any single friends anymore. Everyone I hang out with is married. So one of the things that you do realize with hanging out with married couples is everyone seems to marry like they're exact opposite. And the greatest thing about my wife that I found that was cute annoyed the hell out of me once I said I do and one of them was her ability to reach in my back pocket and pull my money out and us trying to communicate what broke really is what having money really is what we actually get spent on what is actually a need what is actually a want and trying to do to debate and convince and one of the things that I realized as being a husband is I cannot convince my wife of my thoughts And so I had to create a system, that budgeting system that I have so that I don't have to, you know, convince my wife of anything or convince her of my thoughts. And so that we can be, have a little bit more synergy when it comes to money. If she comes with me with a question or whether or not we can spend, she can look in the account and she can see that we don't have any money. So she knows the answer is going to be no. Wait, wait, wait. Let's pause there. Let's dial it back. Because you mentioned as a financial advisor, you guys start off broke, but you look well. So it's like you spend money, obviously looking good, looking the part, but you don't have that amount of money in your bank account. So if you're a financial advisor and you're trying to advise somebody on how to effectively manage their finances, I would want somebody who has the money, but you know what? Sometimes you have to meet people where they're at, but then you have to ask yourself, 
is this financial advisor right for me? Because you may have the knowledge and you may just be starting out in the game, building your own brand and just really trying to get your feet wet. But then somebody who's who's like doing their research on you be like, he ain't got no money. So he's looking like it, but he's not really walking it like he's talking it. So how do you, being a husband, a father, and most importantly, a financial advisor, advise other people who are couples, like, this is where I came from, this is where we are now, and this is where we're trying to go um, in your arena. Because I think, does that make sense so far? <laughs> yes, it does. I know exactly what you're asking me. And, you know, it's one of those things. I mean, everyone has to start somewhere. You know, um, I, you know, I got married and I, you know, you know, I'm a brand new husband, never been done that before. So again, you're, you're, you're meeting me a broke husband or, or broke minded husband, because I don't know what being a husband it is. And then when my baby's born, I've never been a father before. So I don't know what the hell I'm doing there too. And, and the same with anything, when you get in the financial advisor arena, and I want them to change this a little bit, you know, uh, get a situation where, you know, people can become pair planners or work for a financial advisor and kind of work their way up. But we're just not there. Most financial advisors, you basically start at a company and then they throw you in front of clients and you're trying to convince clients to give you money, their money, and let them coach you. And like you, you have the knowledge, you're smart. Uh, but you just don't have the money and you're starting your own business too. So most, when you start your own business, typically you don't have money. It's not like you get paid a salary or anything along those lines. So you have to get clients, sell stuff, build your clientele, uh, which usually lends itself to being broke. And then you throw a wife and a child on top of that. And it's just, it's just nuts. So I don't like the way financial advisors typically have this uh have to start and most of those financial advisors usually don't charge a fee like i do now um they're just starting off and i helped a lot of people um and so but yes you you, you get trained depending on who you are with that you have to buy a suit and that you have to look the part and i i i think that is a wrong mindset and i wish my mentor at the time taught me that from the beginning but i didn't of course my mentor who i'm talking about ask for money for him to mentor me, money I did not have. Uh, I had to pay into his program. In his program, he was like, I don't wear a suit. It's why I don't wear a suit now. And I don't wear suits to my meeting. And, you know, because his idea was, if you think I'm a great financial advisor because I have a suit on, um, then you're misunderstanding something. I know a lot of horrible financial advisors who wear suits. I know a lot of horrible financial advisors who are certified financial planners. So just because whether I have a suit on, whether or not I drive a Bugatti or whatever the case may be, that is not an indication that I'm great at being a financial advisor. And so uh, those are the type of things that, you know, you have to work your way through. And thank you for sharing that because it definitely puts some context around that. And the reason why I asked that question is because somebody could look like a million bucks, but they don't have a million bucks in their bank account. They could wear those red bottoms, all those expensive things, but then they don't have, you know, the financial reports to show how they are managing that. So don't be easily persuaded by how somebody looks on the outwards. Definitely do your due diligence do your research, and most importantly, 
don't just look at the outward appearance because the outward appearance is just the outward appearance. Go a little bit deeper, deep dive, look beyond you know, how they look. Look at their morals. What are their values? What are their characteristics? How do they treat their clients? Like, uh, what, what is, what is um, being said about them on the internet and stuff? And then you begin to draw your own judgment and reference, but we have to stop judging a book by its cover. And we have to remove those shallow tendencies and go beyond. And you mentioned earlier, that you also set up a budgeting system for your wife. And if she doesn't see any money in the account, that just means the answer is no. But do you do you purposely do that? Purposely and intentionally? Like, do you have money, but you move it out of the account because you want your wife to budget a certain way? Because I've heard, you know, some men do tricks like that because you're like, oh, that's, that's more of a want. That's not a need for her. So let me just move this, this money over here to our savings account. And then whenever she goes in and looks, she'll be like, oh, baby, our mom, we don't have money for this. And you're like, exactly. Because to you, it's not important to you, but it's very well important to her. Oh, so, so one, let me retract, you know, let me go back a little bit because you were talking about financial advisor, not judging book by cover. But I, you know, for a second, I forgot you were talking about a financial advisor and I thought you were talking about relationships and how to pick a man and a woman. So like, <laughs> just because a man has nice shoes and drives a nice car don't mean he has anything either. So check his morals, his character and this, that, and the other and stop worrying about what you think he might have in his bank account. Because I'm going to tell you, most time, if you saw me out in town right now, you would think I was broke. <laughs> so, and then third or second, I would say, no, we have an agreed upon allowance that I give. I pay the family a certain amount per money uh, per month. And whatever goes in that account, that is hers to manage. It is all hers. So that is, because uh, that that's foolery that you're talking about there. And that doesn't garner any trust between you and your wife. So, no. I, once I agree that I'm going to give my family a thousand dollars a month for spending, eating out, this, that, and the other, how they spend it, what they spend it on, what is a need, what is a want, uh, is no longer uh, my uh, concern, right? So if you decide you want to buy, like, like my wife bought a frother or something for the coffee, it was like a hundred dollars. It's like, wait, all it does, a hundred bucks, and all it does is froth milk for the coffee. I can start really like fast and <laughs> blow some bubbles. <laughs> $100 to make it hot or cold? Like to me, like, that is just a waste of money. Uh, but again, I put money in an account for big ticket items such as that. I put money in an account for emergency savings, travel. Uh, I only say something if the checkbook goes negative or the credit card goes over the limit. And that's it. And that's how we kind of gain trust with each other. And I can allow her to be her, who she naturally is. Because if I constantly just like berated her about everything that she spent, she wouldn't be allowed to be her. And her is someone, my opposite. She is someone who creates great memories for this family. She's the one who picks out what restaurants we're going to, what activities we're doing, what things we're going to buy a house. She makes a house actually a home, uh, you know. So 
if I, you know, were to do that, she wouldn't feel the creative juices so that she could do the things that she does best and satisfy my need to not overspend on a whole. And I just, you know, if, if I'm talking to the man, all you really care about is whether or not they're overspending. That's all you care about. Like, I don't really care whether or not my daughters are wearing blue shirts or red shirts or whatever the case may be, or what kind of shoes they have on, as long as their feet ain't hurting, there's not holes in it, right? Like, if she was, like, spending all the money on a whole bunch of stuff, and my daughters had holes in their shoes, it'd be a problem, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. What are we doing here? That, that, now that's a problem. So don't, you know, but obviously that typically isn't most people. Um, so it's not really that much of an issue. And thank you for addressing the myth because in some people's mindset, that is a myth and other people's marriages that I've heard, that is very well true because we do see where there's no trust when it comes to money and marriage, which is why I asked the question the way I did, because some people do have these secret accounts, like women have it, men have it, and they call it their nest eggs in case something were to go wrong. But if you have that mindset, like what about if this happens, then maybe you don't need to be mar married if you are having those thoughts. And But they call it their backup plan, their contingency plan, or whatever the case may be. But then now you're over here ducking and dodging. Oh, let me put some money over here. Let me go to this bank, put some money over here. Or let me look like this. And then before you know it, if something were to happen, God forbid, they're like, oh yeah, I'm good. I had some money all along. I was taking that allowance and I was moving it on over here. And you thought I didn't have any money or you <laughs> thought we did. Which is why I asked that question. And you, you addressed it because you said, oh, enough with that foolery that you're talking, but that <laughs> foolery does exist in some people's home. And it's really sad because we really have to address it because money can very well be the root of all evil and money can definitely be a wedge in marriages because for example, some men, they get intimidated if a woman makes more money than he does. Or some women get intimidated if her man makes X amount of money and she doesn't. And he's saying, oh, I'm giving you an allowance, like as if she's not a, you know, valuable contributor contributor to the home. She makes sure the home is ran effectively. She cooks, she cleans, she does all this other stuff, but she may just want some extra spending cash to go look good and looking good makes her feel good, but it's also a treat for you too. You're, you're going to want to see her look nice. Like you'd be like, Ooh, dang, my wife is looking ba -da -da -da, or like how Martin says it, or, Ooh, my wife is just... <laughs> You know, and that's why we have to have these real transparent conversations because it is evident, you know, in today's society, money rules the world and marriage. Some people get married on a Friday, divorce on a Sunday. Marriage is not what it used to be. Like back when my grandparents would be married for 30 years or more, or like my, my parents, it would have been their 30th wedding anniversary on July 27th, but my dad passed last year, November 25th, and you're like, wow, that is just amazing that they, you know, stick with it, and you just have to find the rhyme and reason that works for you in your family's budget, as well as your marriage, so walk us through another thing that you think works for you and your wife when it comes to M&M, money and marriage. So, you know, you brought up a very good point there, you know, uh, uh, 
women making more money than men and some men feeling intimidated and this, that, and the other. I think that is all a dynamic of marriage, really, and knowing your role, right? So, and I will, I will tell you, it's one of those things where, like, I have, I have women clients that make more money than a man. Um, my, I, so me and my wife the other night got into an argument and like, sometimes I, I, I shoot the same energy back to her or I'll do this. So I, I will tell you, I went and grabbed a glass of wine, poured, I was about to pour some wine in it and go into my hot tub. And my wife looks at me and says, no glasses at the hot tub. Now I'm looking at a glass that I purchased, a hot tub that I paid a mortgage on. And yet she gets to tell me I can't take my glass to the hot tub. And I said to her, I go, now, in what area in your life do I get to tell you that you can't do something, that you are actually about to do something? And I can step in and be like, no, you ain't doing that, girl. You ain't doing that, woman. Like, where, where in my life, am I, and I, I was having this discussion in front of my children, my, my kids were laughing their butts off, and then my wife was like, well, you can tell me, and then I was like, oh, so you're giving me the little sliver of, like, man that I have right here, right? I was like, uh-huh, and, <laughs> and so, you know, I wasn't really having an argument, but I was just saying, like, women typically have no problem telling the man what to do. But women do not want men telling them what to do. And so when a woman typically makes more money than a man, it's a double-edged sword because it is her glass. She is paying the mortgage on that. And I am being telling you what to do too. And like, I am like a little lost puppy. You say I'm intimidated, but what's my role? Where, where do I get to say the glasses go here? Like, or this, as the man, am I decorating? What is my job title in this relationship? Because you now. Come on, come on. make more money than me. I have answers. So like, what is it? So it's not about intimidation. It's what is my role? You know, used to, man made the money. Women stayed home, but like ran everything and told men what to do. And like, I would sit on the bed on a Saturday and wait for my wife to pick out what clothes I was allowed to wear. <laughs> so to make sure that the whole family looked good and coordinated, this, that, the other. Now it's like, okay, you make more than me. I sure as hell can't tell you anything. So again, where am I in this relationship? Yeah. Okay, you make a you make a valuable point too. So there's always two ways of looking at the different sides of the story, just like there's two sides of a coin. And sometimes men do not get to voice what you just voice. And so they tend to, you know, go back and retreat versus saying something outward because they don't want to create more tension. They don't want to um, create confrontation or anything like that. But then they feel like, man, my wife is making boss moves. She's doing all this incredible stuff. And I'm just over here. Like, you know, I'm trying to meet my wife where she's at, but I'm trying to figure it out myself. And, you know, that can, you know, drive a wedge in marriage too. those nonverbal cues, lack of communication, lack of feeling as if they matter. And, 
you know, money, money, let's just be real. But how can we bring these conversations to the table where we're helping one another? Because at the end of the day, it's a union. We're in this together and we're trying to go further than where we are now. Because me, I'm, I'm married. I've only been married since 20, 2018, first, first marriage ever. And, you know, the dynamics do change whenever you're, whenever you're no longer like, boy boyfriend girlfriend then you become a fiance then you then it's like okay we in this together now like we're legit too legit to quit it like you know I mean like you see the transition and then you have to realize okay what was I I I is now we it's togetherness it's the unity and I feel like with marriage, in my opinion, I feel like every married couple should have a financial advisor that they see together and you make financial decisions together because if it is affecting the household, then both parties need to be on the same page. Absolutely. And Absolutely. It, it, it is kind of sad because when I look at some of, uh, you know, the people that I know, like, you know, they have separate bank accounts and different stuff. And it's like, okay, I I do what I want with my money. You do what you want with your money. But I feel like, okay, you could do that. Like if you have, you know, maybe a side hustle, you could have your own stuff. But if you have like a set, a set of bills that y'all are doing together, y'all have like a communion pool and all of those things, you should have at least one major account together. And then all of the stuff that goes into paying the bills, taking care of the kids, the cars and all of that stuff should be pulled from that account. But if you just want to just, if your husband's into video games, you want to play video games. I don't want to spend my money playing video games because I don't play video games. But if I want to go get my nails done, my hair or whatnot, I'm sure he's like, okay, how is that affecting me? But then in my case, it is affecting you because I, I look good. I'm that queen. I'm that shero. I'm that rock, 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 rock. Video games are making me feel better so that I'm not as mean when uh, you get home. So it is impacting you. Mm. Oh. That okay, so maybe we should have a self care fund. Maybe that we could both pour money into that. My self care is Batman Arkham Knights. (laughs) (laughs) We all have them. We all have those self care. So, like, is this making is this making sense? Because the the importance of talking about this is to educate others, to inspire and motivate people by dropping gems. We're being transparent. Armand is talking about his truths with his lovely <laughs> and their marriage. I'm talking about my truths with money and <laughs> money and marriage. And we, we just kind of want to have a transparent conversation, coffee chat style, where we could, you know, unpack some of the myths check some of the foolery. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's, marriages. it's funny, you know, you, you know, I talked to someone the other day, they want to have a separate bank account over here. And he, well, you're not even talking about a marriage. You're talking about a partnership. And, and so again, I am the type of person, I believe, I, I believe, you know, all relationships could work as long as it's fairly well communicated. So again, if we're gonna, if you're gonna have your separate bank account, and I'm gonna have my separate bank account, and we're coming together, this, that, and the other, then again, you don't get to tell me what to do no more than I get to tell you what to do. And so we have decided to go down this road as a partnership. We come together, have fun every once in a while, you know, kiss and canoodle, and then we go our separate ways. That's what we do, right? 
And, you know, like we were talking about, you know, men making more money than women. Like, I, I know I have control over the money. So I do have my footholding. But, like, and my wife has her food. But when that roles switch, somehow you have to figure out, as a woman, what are you going to submit to your husband to? And what is he going to submit to you to? You have to submit to each other. And the fact of the matter here is, is like you have to give him permission to be like, I'm taking charge of this. This is my arena. And I think that would help with a lot of men's egos. They just don't know where their arenas are when their wives are making more money than them. And, they, you know, and then on top of that, uh, I think women probably would get tired. I'd be like tired if I was making all the money, making lunches, picking out clothes, doing laundry, this, that, and the other, da 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 Like, I mean, I, there's some stuff I just don't want to think about, right? So figure out what you don't want to think about. Like, and if he doesn't do the laundry the way you would do the laundry, oh, well. <laughs> so let's unpack this here because I'm hearing you know, two different things that stood out, partnership and marriage. I'm hearing submissiveness and non-submissiveness. I'm hearing, you know, boundaries. And I'm also hearing free will too. And let's, let's unpack that here because a partnership, some people would argue that a partnership is just as important as a marriage. Or they would say a partnership is a marriage without having the legality of being married on paper. Then mm -hmm. some people would say, okay, the man is the head of the household and the woman is supposed to lead and be submissive if they grew up in a religious background and a spiritual background. And that's just, you know, the chain of order. The man is the breadwinner and the woman is to fall. On. But, you know, times are changing changing and there's different things I do agree that the man is supposed to is supposed to lead because you know he actually gives the wife a, what she needs to determine if it's going to be a boy or a girl whenever a baby is being formed or whatnot <laughs> or, just, if he, or, or if he's being a good leader I mean some men just don't do a good job at leading and you have to determine that that, that's true too. Then I heard submissiveness and non-submissiveness. Some women don't want to submit to a man because she didn't grow up in a household where she saw, you know, male figures. She always saw her mom take care of everything. And so she's just a strong-willed woman that whenever she finds that man who is willing to take over and lead her house effectively and in a holistic manner, she has a hard time submitting to him because she's been you know the mother the father she's went out work she's educated and all of that and let's be real here some women some women have more education than than men and Especially black women yeah <laughs> and then communication we have to learn how to effectively communicate in relationships you can't just talk down to your man just like the man can't talk down to the woman you have to pay attention to body language because body language can say a whole lot what are those nonverbal uh cues and stuff and all of that you know goes back into m&m money and marriage and you have to really have the synergies with all of the things that I just compared in contrast and there's definitely more to compare and contrast Armand and I know 
you're you're more seasoned than I am with some more skin in the game. So uh, give me your standpoint, especially being from a you know male perspective. Are you vibing with what I just said? I am vibing with what you're saying, but you know, like you said, times are changing. So like when I grew up, my dad, you know, whatever he said was law. I mean, it was God in the house. Like, I mean, dad said, yeah, you know, and mom step two, brother step two, I step two, and that's just what you did. And, you know, in this new world, it's just not that way. Just because I have a penis, my wife is not going to just step two. My children aren't going to necessarily, I mean, my children will, but, you know, my wife is not. And so sometimes, like I was saying, that exercise I was doing last night, I have to remind my wife or give her the same energy she's giving me, you know, or like, for instance, another fight that we were having is we just moved, we just moved into this house. And she, when we first moved in here, she was yelling at me about where I was putting the mugs in the cabinet. Now, mind you now, I just purchased this home. The ego side of me is I just bought a home, leave me alone about the mugs, first off. (laughs) That was the vibe I gave her. Second of all, there's this dining room table that we've been living in six months. She uses it as a storage shed, right? And like, I'm like, yo, when are you going to clear the dining room table off? Like, when are you going to, because I can't just say you will have the dining room table. This will be like, when are you going to have the dining room table? And then like, she's going to cop an attitude with me. And we're sitting with one of our couple friends. And I'm like, so she gets annoyed about where I get the mugs, put the mugs in the cabinet, but can't understand why the dining room table looking like a store shed drives me nuts. Can't understand that. <laughs> and so she started cleaning it. Like I was giving her, like, I, you know, I, I do it in like, not trying to be snarky, but just in a way that I'm like, look, like, you know, one or two sides here the same. You're sitting there yelling at me about this and this place was supposed to go here, this, that, together. When are you also going to listen to me without having me saying, I am man, hear me more. I'm not trying to be that dude, <laughs> but you're like making me be that dude. And I think in a relationship, I think we all forget sometimes, right? And we end up not being the best sense. And that's why I think also having your money right is because we don't really argue about money anymore. And so, it, you know, take that off the plate and then you can argue about the dumb stuff. Like I reminded when we first got together, and we didn't have money. One of our first fights, and I kid you not, kid you not, was over Dixie cups. We were we were in a yes, we was in a Walmart, and she wanted to buy Dixie cups for our apartment so that we could use the Dixie cup to throw the uh, the the Listerine in, so we could use the Dixie cups. And I'm in my head, I'm like, that's wasting a dollar. You could just use the cap of the, the 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 scope or the listerine and put it in that's what the cap is for you use the cap you don't use the dixie cup you just wasted money and literally we got in an argument over buying some dixie a dollar dixie cup i believe it was like a dollar dollar dixie cup in a middle of a walmart wow seriously i, I guess understand. you you choose your battles, but but now you can look back about that argument and laugh about it because you're like, man, baby, we were really arguing about buying Dixie cups versus using the cap that comes with the Listerine <laughs> bottle already. Like, what were we thinking? Spend a dollar and see that dollar go in the trash or just have that sustainability and reusing the cap? 
I wish I just would have just got the daggone dollar. And then, you know, what ended up for years, for years, uh, I just wouldn't use the Dixie Cups and I would just continue to use the caps. And <laughs> Were you being spiteful, Armand? Yes. yes. Wow. It's a waste of and to this day, it's a waste of money. It's a waste of money. <laughs> well, now you know, okay, if she likes to use the Dixie Cups, obviously they make her happy. She probably doesn't want to do cross-contamination. Who knows how your breath may smell in the morning? She's like, oh gosh, like he has that dragon breath or whatnot. Or who knows? Because some people will gargle before they brush or some people will brush and then floss and then gargle. Everyone does things different. You don't, you never understand her her rhyme and reason behind a cap. Did you ask her to go a little bit deeper? Babe, why do you um, want to? I'm sure it had something more to do with cross-contamination and just reusing a cap was just a dirty thing to her, you know, and she just thought it was nasty. And so, you know, little, little, little things like that, you know, but again, like now that I live in her house, you know, like one of these days, I'm going to use this little uh, tool to remind her that this is her house. Little things like you know, in the cover, some people will either put the glasses downward where the, the mouth of goes on the cover, and some put it up. I grew up putting it down. We now put it up, but in my mind, dust gets all into that. <laughs> and in her mind, the bottom cabinet of it is dirty, right? Yes. Okay, I see both points here because, well, if you put it up, what, whenever you get a glass out, just take the glass and rinse it. If you put it down, like, you know, if your um, cupboard is not lined, you know, some women like to put the liner. Lined it. We lined it so we can put it down. Argument settled. See there, boom. <laughs> wow. Okay, I guess you just pick your battles. Pick your battles. So we put it up, you know, I was running because my parents came to visit and they, they were putting, and I was going behind them, like twisted it back up, right? Because it would drive my wife nuts if it was down. I had like sneak attack, get it back up so she wouldn't like freak out and make us wash it all over again because God forbid the thing is down. So again, I'm just saying in the dynamic of marriage, yes, you choose your battles. And, but like, you know, she has a lot of control up in here, just as much, you know, and I try to make it where it's a partnership, but, you know, at the same time, I, I you know, I'm speaking to some of the women out there, you, you know, do realize men are definitely trying, you know, no man goes in a relationship saying, you know what, I want to be a bad husband and a bad father. I, I, you know, I, I, I seriously doubt that. Okay. And I, I totally want to screw my marriage up. And I want to, you know, but there are some frustration points, just like there's frustrating points. And, you know, the communication, you know, I can, I, I, you know, I explain all this to her, but you think my wife was convinced, you know what, baby, you're right. We're going to put the glasses down. You made some good points. That doesn't happen. That never happens. <laughs> well, one thing I would interject here as we get begin to wind down, Armand, is, um, for those, those of you out there, listeners as well as viewers who may be going through some tedious things when it comes to money as well as marriage, or you may have your frustration points, if you and your husband cannot see eye to eye, ask yourself, 
is it best to write it down and then come back on it when you're in a level-headed space? Is it best to get a mediator, somebody that will hear both sides of it in a non-judgmental, non-biased way? Or is it, or does it make sense to have you know, a great night, a great evening, create the mood, and then later on come back on it when y'all are both, you know, in a clear-minded space where you can say, you know what, baby, you know, you said this and you did this and I did not like how it made me feel when you did X, Y, and Z. And then the husband could be like, baby, thank you for voicing that to me or vice versa. However you and your husband communicate with one another, just take that into consideration whenever you do have those frustration or pain points. Because just like life as a whole, nothing is going to be perfect. We would love for it to be perfect, but we're all on a roller coaster ride. We're all on a journey. And we have to remind ourselves to give one another grace and mercy because neither one of us is perfect and marriage is work just like we're working to grow our finances in the way we want it to be. And your financial goals and success is going to look different than somebody else's. So don't compare and contrast your financial journey and goals with other couples that you're friends with. What happens in your household should stay in your household unless you are talking to a therapist that is a non-biased, non-judgmental person or et cetera, because you definitely don't want to get misconstrued information but the whole mission behind this segment today money and money and marriage is to you know just kind of share some more of our truths kind of share what what has worked for us what hasn't worked talk about the lessons that we learned and just kind of shed some insight neither one of us are perfect we're both married um we're both on this journey of money and marriage together Armand is a financial advisor I'm a I'm an author, motivational speaker, and coach, but definitely, you know, we're not we're not idiots. We definitely bring some value to the table, and we're here to laugh and shoot the breeze, but um, I just hope what we said so far has really resonated with you um, in the season that you're at, because we all go through various seasons. Some may be in the, in the summer, and others may be in the fall, but, you know, just go along with the journey, and don't tap out too quick. Yeah, what else would I, you I, add? I would, I would add, first of all, a correction. Uh, I am an idiot, and Genesis is a highly intelligent, so it, 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 it's all good there. Second thing I would add, <clears throat> what makes my relationship work is, uh, you know, we talked about it before. You know, I, you know, I basically told my wife I wanted to be head of the household. I am the leader of this household. And um, so therefore, like it falls on me. So I am the leader of this household. I am the head of the household. However, uh, that, that does not mean that I run it with an iron fist. That means my wife probably gets 80% of what she wants and I get 20% of what I want. Um, and that works for me because the 20% that I might say no to are the things that I really that really matter. And what you have to do is for me, the finances, and that's why I talk to talk about, you know, dads being the financial leaders of the house. That's the stuff that really matters. That's the stuff that's going to really impact the family. That's the stuff that uh, is going to help you pay for your daughter's wedding, help you make sure steer the ship right financially for your family. That's where you should take charge and where you should take note. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter if the cups are up 
or down. Uh, what it does matter if they're overspending and we don't have enough money to take care of braces or we don't have enough money to do this. So you as a leader of the household or the financial leader of the household need to try to figure out what's the most important thing that you need to focus on, which is about 20%. And then when you do say no, it carries meaning. Uh, because, you know, you don't want to be the nagging husband that's, you know, just mad about everything. You know, I, I still remember, I forget where it was, but, you know, a client was in front of me and they were arguing over what shoes his daughter was going to wear. And I was just, just dumbfounded. Like, why are you arguing with your wife about what, she, unless it's stripper shoes, I don't really care. <laughs> like, I mean, like, me. The blue ones or the pink ones? Like, I don't I don't care. Why are you arguing with her over this? But whatever it all is on. Now, she was like, oh, I'm buying her $500 pair of shoes. Well, it's going to be a discussion. It's going to be a real discussion. And there's no money in the account here. Oh, no, no. It's not the shoes that I wear. It's the amount of money we're talking about for some shoes for a kid that she's going to live, work, you know, wear for maybe a year. Yeah, that's a problem. No. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll put some bass in my voice when I say, no, no, we're not doing that. Sorry. Mm -mm. No. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yes, those are all val uh, valuable points, Armand. And let's close out with some gems. Um, if you could say one statement to drive this segment home, what would that be? Uh, if I was going to drive this home, I would definitely say, I, I know, uh, I would say, you know, every marriage, if you are in a marriage, whether you're a husband or wife, you should have a job description. And uh, I, I'm serious. You should have a job description. What is my role in this marriage? What, if I was married to Genesis right now, what things do I need to do to make her happy? Write it down. What's my job description? Do you need me to take the dishes out of the dishwasher? Do you need me to pack lunch for the kids? What is it that you need from me so that you would be happy with me and vice versa? What's the job description? You know, am I making coffee for you in the morning on Saturdays and Sundays and you're making coffee for me? I don't need to get that in depth, but like, what is my overarching role in this family so that I know when I wake up in the morning and I clock in because we clock in first thing as soon as we wake up what is it that I do and I wake up and I just go through the litany of things that I need to do and when I get my stuff done I'm done and so you need to have a job description and kind of know what your role is and I think uh, that will help out in your marriage and help out with you being clear-eyed about the direction your family is going I like that when you first when you first said that, I'm like what but now as you explained it I was like oh okay I get it because it's putting some clarity and some context around it but what 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 I would add to that statement is make sure you're constantly reviewing that job description if you set up that job description for you being a husband as well as being a wife because whenever you bring kids into it the equation or there's a change in roles and responsibilities like if a if one of you gets a new job or if you lose your job or whatever the case may be, you're going through a transition process that is transformational. So just make sure that you are being mindful of that as well and to just revisit the conversation and just to make sure you go, you both are on a clear path and there's no misconstrued information or no miscommunication. 
you know, just recently or not recently, but I got fired from making lunch for my kids. So, you know, I was just like, okay, cool. <laughs> I, I no longer have the job title of making lunch for the kids. Okay, got it. <laughs> well, we, we won't unpack that right now because we're trying to be conscientious about the time, but that could definitely be another discussion. <laughs> So uh, listeners and viewers, uh, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel, Gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast as well, no matter where you're listening to this segment as well, and share with a family member, a friend, or someone who can benefit from M&M money and marriage, and not the type that you eat, but the type that is nourishment for your soul, the sustainability of your relationship, and overall longevity. So today you just heard Armand Kroom. The financial effect. Yes. He is the financial effect. Check out his blog and check out all the incredible things that he has going on. Armand, plug your info. Yes. Email me at Armand at croomfinancial.com. You can find me at croomfinancial.com and you can find me at The Financial Effect and you can find me on Facebook at The Financial Effect. And all of his information will be in the show notes so you know exactly how to reach him and tap into him. Once again, my name is Genesis Amaris Kemp, and you just heard us drop some gems on this platform. So signing out with peace, love, and lots of blessings. Go out and have a blessed and prosperous day and take heed to what you heard on this segment. Marriage and money, or some people say money and marriage. Well, you know, it's M&M. <laughs>